This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. On today's episode of the Hollywood Homicides, we dive into the murder of Ramon Navarro. But first, we'd like to remind you that you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. It was Wednesday, October 30th, 1968, in Los Angeles. The temperature had peaked around 75 degrees. A wonderful autumn day, dropping to 59 degrees once the, the sun had set. The American Basketball Association, famous for Dr. J and the L.A. Stars, was in town for a brief stop. Hey Jude by the Beatles sat atop the record charts and dominated the radio airwaves while airport bar Arthur Haley was the current New York Times fiction bestseller. 3110 Laurel Canyon Draft was a Spanish colonial residence designed by Lloyd Wright, son of the famous architect Frank Lloyd Wright. Nestled in the Hollywood Hills, it had been once owned since 1927 by former stage, screen, and television star Ramon Navarro. Ramon was now 69 years old, frail, and many days away from his life as an MGM sex symbol, who followed in Rudolph Valentino's vaulted footsteps after the infamous Valentino had died unexpectedly, and acted opposite such legends as Joan Crawford, Greta Garbo, Norma Shear, and Myrna Loy. Despite being retired from acting for a handful of years, Ramon had made wise real estate investments with his movie earnings, allowing him to live very comfortably. On the evening of October 30th, Ramon, in a red and blue robe, welcomed brothers Paul and Tom Ferguson, 22 and 17 years old respectively, into his home. The brothers had gotten the former star's phone number from a previous guest. Both hustlers knew they knew Ramon Navarro had used agencies for sexual escorts in the past. Ramon, always the gracious host, served beverages. The brother and red older brothers, Paul's, Paul, excuse me, Paul, ironically predicting a bright future. He played his piano for the Fergusons, sharing with them a tune he had composed and written. He showed them promotional photos of himself as a young and viral MGM star. It's likely that the former heartthrob engaged in sexual activity with the older brother, and then at some point during the evening, the elder Ferguson demanded that Ramon hand over the $5,000 he was rumored to keep hidden in his home. Ramon truthfully stated he never kept such large sums of money in his residence. Tom Ferguson, who had been speaking to a girl in Chicago from Ramon's phone, joined his, other, his older brother in jostling, shaking, and shoving the older man. When that didn't net them that the anticipated bounty of cash, they began to pummel him violently. 
to keep him from losing consciousness and extend the torture as much as possible, they dragged him into the bathroom and splashed him with cold water. One of the brothers, while searching the home, found a cane and he twirled it around and danced with it as their victim lay beaten and bleeding. While the Catholic Ramon began praying, Harry Mayor, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Fergusons bound him with an electric hole cord and took turns striking him in the head with the cane. Tom Bur Ferguson, while carrying the bludgeoned and dying Ramon to his bed, scratched the older man's face in anger. The Fergusons left Ramon to choke to death on his own blood. The coroner later determined that had Ramon been placed on his side or stomach rather than his back, he would have lived. His killers then decided to ransack the house, dumping Ramon's professional stills and photos on the floor and attempting to create a scene of a burglary gone wrong. Complicating matters, they also thought it would help make the crime scene seem as though a vengeful woman had committed it. Writing on the bathroom mirror, us girls are better than faggots. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. They left the house with the cash they had netted from their torture and murder. $20, taken from the pocket of Ramon's robe. While Paul, while Paul and Tom Ferguson were caught and charged quickly, it was Ramon who was put on trial. The soft-spoken and gentle star who had for years struggled with the inner conflict of being Catholic and homosexual, who had stood up to studio head Louis B. Mayer in refusing a lavender marriage, who had for years kept his sexual life secret, now had his private affairs become posthumous fodder for gossip and entertainment hacks. His killer's criminal trial song labeled an old queer by the defense attorney, the person defending two killers who were themselves homosexuals and hustlers, as if Ramon was less than human and somehow deserved or brought on what befell him. Worse was to come, at least as far as justice for Ramon was concerned. Despite the Fergusons being found guilty of first-degree murder and both being sentenced to life in prison, after a trial in which each brother testified that it was the other who killed Ramon, and after the presiding judge remarked that neither brother should ever be released, they both were. The younger Tom was paroled after only six years. The elder Paul was out in nine. There was no doubt that both were guilty of the brutal attack on the defenseless Ramon. One commission during the robbery given merit to the speculation that homophobia played a part in the decision to release them. In 1998, after both Ferguson's had reoffended and been sent back to prison, Paul Ferguson took responsibility for killing Ramon, but claimed that no robbery had been planned, and therefore not a felony murder, and the murder had occurred out of a homosexual panic when Ramon had made advances. Further went on to state that if Ramon had not been drunk, he, he would not have died. Thirty years since his murder, Ramon was still being shamed and blamed for his own death. Ironically, Paul Ferguson, upon reoffending, was sentenced to sixty years, much, much longer than the time he served for murder. Tom Ferguson died by his own hand in 2005 without ever commenting on his part in Ramon's homicide. Over the years after his murder in 1968, Ramon's name would crop up, but rarely have any to do with his contributions in movies. When Kenneth Anger published his tell-all, Hollywood Babylon, who had claimed that Ramon had in his possession a black tildo made to the specifications of Valentino's genitalia. In 2012, Scotty Bowers claimed in his expose full service, and during Ramon's gruesome murder, he was suffocated with a lead dildo. Lead dildo, excuse me, gifted to him by Valentino. The dildo, however, seems to be an oft-repeated urban legend, as stated by writer 
William Van Meter whispered about, but with zero proof. Certainly, if such an item existed and was used in the assault on Ramon, the ever-resourceful Paul Ferguson would have mentioned it as yet another piece of evidentiary proof that Ramon brought his death on himself. Like Sharon Tate, who would be murdered the following summer, Ramon became best remembered for a sad, frightening, and ghoulish end rather than the life he led. The October 30th, 1968 homicide was the tragic close to the life of a man often described as giving, kind, gentle, and unassuming. But it in no way defined Ramon Navarro. Ramon made a success for himself at silent films, rather easily transitioning to sound, a feat that was accomplished by a few true stars of the period. He became our first Latin American star, providing happiness to many silent film and depression-era audiences. Even after his death, when the most critical and catty commentators came, can come crawling out for publicity, his former co-workers had only kind things to say about Ramon. He was apparently well-liked and always a professional, a talented actor who could not only dance, but who possessed a glorious singing voice. He was a man devoted to his religion so much that he considered the monastery and was praying right up until his last moments. He was a loving son and brother, one who supported his large family from the moment he began working and whose loss was painfully felt by his surviving siblings, who buried Ramon with a gravestone that memorializes him for all time, a beloved brother. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Is there something we got wrong? Something we missed? Give us a thumbs up if you like our videos. Hit that subscribe button. The bell notification button to be notified of future videos. Of course, if you don't want to support the channel, you can buy us coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.